In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. There it is, Brad. Dolly Parton. The year was 1983. The seminal song from the movie, the big hit, Nine to Five. Dabney Coleman was in that. Lily Tomlin was in that. I believe Jane Fonda was also in that. And um, it was about a uh, even-tempered boss and three petulant secretaries who drove him batty. But uh, there it is, uh, Dolly Parton, who is, by the way, uh, truly, truly an American icon. She just got $100 million Brad, from the Bezos Foundation. That's that uh, Amazon money. A hundred million dollars. Did she sell Amazon something? Or, I mean, when you say foundation, I tend to think of like charitable work. So Mm -hmm. are they giving her a hundred million dollars to do some charitable work? Or did she like sell them the keys to the Dolly Parton, you know, kingdom? Dollywood. Dollywood. No, she she has a I believe she has a charity where she gives books to kids, and so they gave her a hundred million dollars to. Um, I, I, I suppose she could be buying books, or she she could just be feathering her own nest. I'm not sure which. Yeah, but um, who knows? And she's long in the tooth at this point. I mean, how old is Dolly Parton? She got to be. I mean, well into her seventies, right? Got to be. Got to be. God bless her, though. That's uh, that's yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of money. Yeah, that's a get- lot of books. Better get spending it. I mean, that's uh, well, that's exciting. I mean, she was an American icon in the. Uh, I, I believe she had an affair with Kenny Rogers too. Oh, I didn't know that, but that would make sense. I mean, they're sort of peas in a pod, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he's no longer with us since that botched uh, surgery a few years ago. No, he looked like a space alien. Yeah, he did look odd, but a great singer, just amazing. And so this is David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, and uh, we mean business. That's what it says here on the card. So I'm going to say yeah, it. That we uh, do. You, you can you can learn more about our program on the website we mean business I'm sorry no ipfrequently.com uh, you can follow us at ip underscore frequently which is odd Brad it's odd that it's not we mean business at, at we mean business but uh, it's not and of course for those of you who are more conventional in your approach who'd like to do the old podcast deal uh, you can subscribe to us anywhere anywhere you get a podcast uh, anywhere whether it's on the street, the street corner, mm-hmm. whether it's Apple, Spotify, um, of yeah. course, the Salem Podcast Network is the mothership of all podcasts. It's probably the greatest, uh, um, uh, the, the greatest podcast of Palooza. Yeah, the con- greatest combination of podcasts. It's sort of like the royal flush, if you will, of podcast hands. Mm-hmm. And of course, we are the uh, the thumb holding the cards in the uh, in, in the hand. Uh, so that's very uh, that's very exciting. And, um, you know, rate, review, subscribe, recommend, refer, reflect and then do it all again. Um, but the big news here, Brad, is that we mean business and we always like to start the program with the two big news items of the week that you need to 
know about. So, Brad, uh, first this week, we've got the big Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. We've talked about this uh, a lot lately, but he is starting to flex his proverbial muscles. I believe he's fired just about everyone in the company. He's actively tweeting um, uh, these some of these conspiracy theories, which is just absolutely uh, terrific. And he's he's interacting with Twitter users, um, and I and I think you and I both saw the exchange yesterday, where where someone um, in, inside Twitter questioned him on the platform and questioned his tweeting and saying maybe he should do a little more slacking or messaging. Uh, and some smart Alec on Twitter said, uh, "Are you going to let him talk to you like that? Why is he still with the company?" And Musk promptly fired him in response to the uh, the tweet. Uh, so it seems like uh, things are going uh, smoothly on Twitter these days. Well, buddy, I mean, again, I, I, I think it is a good wake up call for the folks that are working at Twitter, because obviously if the culture there had been, you can just mock the leadership openly and publicly anytime you want, if you're an employee there, you could see where that that whole operation would start to come off the rails. I do not care what your business is. My guess is, unless you happen to own a hot dog stand that you run all by your onesie, that there is some sort of, of hierarchy in your business. And hierarchies exist for a reason, right? I mean, at some point in time, somebody's got to be the final arbiter of decision-making, Someone's got to say, this is the direction we are going. And then the rest of the folks have to follow along in that, or you're, you're just going to spin your wheels just constantly as a business, you're just going to spin your wheels. And clearly that's what was going on at Twitter. I mean, that, that exchange that you're referring to, which was hilarious, was Musk simply commenting, hey, we got some stuff to fix around here, right? I mean, the performance, I guess, on Android platforms wasn't great. And all Musk was saying is we're looking into this, which seems, again, I, I've never been you know, in the leadership, in a leadership position at an enormous, you know, tweet factory as, as, as Twitter is, but it seems like you would want your performance to be good. And Musk was saying, we're working on that. And then you got this jackal, one of, you know, thousands of people in his company who just pipes up to the guy who owns the business and says, yeah, you're all wrong about that. Well, why, why don't you, you know, do, do your homework? That dude should be fired. And everybody sitting around him should not be surprised that he was fired. And if you are sitting around him and you are surprised he was fired for that, you're about to get fired. Okay, yeah. so you might as well start packing up your crap because no business can operate like that. You can say what you will about Elon Musk. I'm no Elon Musk fan, but that cat can run a business. And I don't know what he wants to do with Twitter. I don't know why he bought it. Maybe he solely bought it as a hobby. I have no idea. But don't be surprised if, you know, a year down the road from now, that is a completely different organization doing things no one expected it to do because they mocked the dude when he was trying to build electric cars. And again, you can say what you will about electric cars. We're on record in this program as saying we don't think they're going to, you know, solve any energy crisis. But he took an idea that he, I think, learned from the Jetsons and actually turned it into a very successful business. There, there's more to the so there's the exchange where he says he's fired. Then he calls out the guy. The guy's name apparently is Eric Fraunhofer. Fraunhofer, and um, <laughs> he said Eric Fra at Eric Fraunhofer. Twitter is super slow on Android. What have you done to fix it? And immediately Fraunhofer just responds with like ten different things he's done. We've done a bunch of work to improve performance. Blah blah blah. 
And then the next thing, and they, there are like six or seven substantive responsive tweets where Fraunhofer just responds. And then the next thing he tweets is, I guess it's official now. And there's a picture of his Mac and it says, this Mac is locked. <laughs> System pin is required to use the Mac. So nice. uh, Fraunhofer did not make it down for, um, did not make it down for breakfast. But now the other thing he's doing, the Elon Musk is he's, he's doing, you know, they have the blue check mark for people that are that in the past they would only give to celebrities and people of um, uh, people who are world renowned bon vivants type deal. Like John Kerry had one. Now they're selling him to anybody for eight bucks. So you've got a bunch of these fraudulent accounts popping up where people just pay their eight bucks and they, you know, say they're Donald Trump or they say they're some brand and they're tweeting the craziest stuff, like some of the conspiracy theory stuff, some incredibly, you know, some people would say offensive things, um, but they have the blue check mark now. So now it's confusing as hell. So, for example, um, you know, but there are about 15 Viagra official accounts now that are just tweeting all sorts of crazy stuff about erectile dysfunction. Um, so it, look, look, it, it, but it's truly become the wild west. And I, and I understand you now have a, uh, a blue check mark as well. But I, I had heard a little bit about this blue check mark thing and either Musk is an, an idiot, right? And we've just sort of discussed the fact that he doesn't appear to be an idiot or he's crazy like a fox, Right. Because he's selling these things for eight bucks and there must be absolutely no actual vetting of someone saying this. Right. I mean, if you got some 12 year old kid from, you know, the outskirts of Minneapolis who's, you know, taking over the Pfizer brand and just tweeting for it. Right. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. If you are thinking to yourself, well, we'll create this system where we'll assure people can trust a tweet by putting a blue check mark by it which as you say those words out loud, you have to laugh. I mean, that's just the dumbest thing, right? To think that, oh, I'm going to base a significant life decision, like what medications I take or anything on some tweet that somebody puts out. Because listen, even if it is Pfizer, God only knows who at Pfizer suddenly is in charge of their Twitter account, right? Some, somebody in human resources or marketing, you know, some kid who just graduated from the University of Duluth, now they said, well, you know, I mean, you, you take over our, I mean, it's just crazy that where we've gotten our society, where something pops up on your phone, that's 160 characters or less, and you're making life decisions based on that. Well, listen, so you've got that, right. And this is, this is really all about the tech news uh, this week. And then you've got this whole, have you followed this whole FTX thing, which is the big crypto empire that's crumbled. Have you followed that a lot? I, uh, the only thing I saw was that they lost like I want to say, and maybe I got my my consonants wrong, but I want to say it was a trillion dollars just like disappeared. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a ton of money and a ton of clients' money. And this Sam Bankman Freed, Bankman Freed is the uh, is the C, former CEO. He he um, he quit the day they had to file for a, a bankruptcy, um, and he's now in the Bahamas trying to figure out a way to escape to Dubai where they have no extradition. Um, but, uh, this guy, apparently they're, they, 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 it's sort of Madoff like in, um, their approach, you know, they, they, there's just a ton of client money that's out the door, a half a billion dollars went out the door right before they filed, uh, for bankruptcy protection. They think it Hmm. went to this guy's, uh, pocket. But the other thing that's interesting here is there's just a ton of money that this guy was putting into democratic campaigns. 
I, I think they said 40 or 50 million dollars he put into Democratic campaigns in this cycle. Yeah. Uh, I believe our I believe our business uh, partner, our, our business partner was somehow embroiled in this, somehow got uh, stung by the FTX bug. Um, <laughs> but he may, have, he may have had a quarter of a Bitcoin that was uh, uh, taken to the uh, Bahamas or given to Fetterman. But you know what? He, he, he appreciates the election. I'm sure he thinks it's worthwhile. Um, but this is this has the making of a big scandal. And again, this Bankman Freed guy, if you look at him, he looks like the kid from um, that, uh, that that TV show about the, the nerds. The TV show about the nerds. A lot what's of the, those. What's the show ca- called? Jared would know. The, the nerd that dates the 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 good looking girl who's not a nerd. Big Bang Theory. Bing, yeah, Big Bang Theory. Looks uh, like the there's see, there's the, yeah. Jared bringing it home. Out of there he is. Yeah, there is. Speaking Bang of people theory. that have been stung by the FTX crisis, Jared <laughs> uh, emerges from the dungeon. So anyway, Brad, just a couple more, just just to put the 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 sort of finish the banging the nail into the piece of plywood that is FTX. A couple of um, incredible facts: FTX, no board of directors. Um, they, they donated this guy, the guy from the big bang theory donated 40 million in the midterms, this cycle to the Democrats, while his company was going down the drain, their chief lobbyist, FTX's chief lobbyist, along with the CEO and, um, uh, several other executives have deleted their Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, worked with the auditing firm Prager Metis, Prager Metis, Prager Metis, of course, has an office, Brad, in the metaverse. Prager Metis, the and only in the metaverse. They were audited by a cartoon. Yeah, this is what happens. And then finally, the I guess the CEO, uh, the this this kid from the Big Bang Theory, and his um, his former CFO and his co-founder are at this place in the Bahamas. I didn't even know it existed. There's this place in the Bahamas, and it's called um, it's called Albany. I guess Albany in the um, not to be confused with Albany, which is the capital of New York. No, this is Albany of the Bahamas. I guess this is a, a resort owned by Tiger Woods and Justin Timberlake. And you, you, you buy condos there or something. And I guess this kid from the Big Bang Theory bought a $300 million um, condo. Condo? There. So, yeah, I, got, wow. I don't know. This is just like, of course, he used the crypto money. So it didn't really matter. It's just funny money to him. Yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So obviously, look, we're going to have to keep a... Um, close tabs on this. Yeah. Well, but I mean, this is, this is what happens, right? I mean, folks pay attention to where you're investing your money. I mean, if you are, it's the same people who read 160 characters with a blue check and think, okay, you know, I can, I can make life decisions based on this. This is rock solid information, right? Are the same people who are like, I don't know what crypto is and I don't know how it works because no one does. I mean, it just it, hopefully there is a ton of life lessons being learned at this point about the value of social media and how you need to make investments if you're not just going to lose everything in, you know, FTX, cryptocurrency, $300 million condos mm-hmm. for the kid from the Big Bang Theory. It's crazy. Next, Brad, as a, as a public service, what we like to do, we are, of course, rolling into the holidays. Um, and of course, you're, you're getting fitted for your holiday talks, correct? Indeed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Who is so, it? Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this is one of the things we need to keep in mind, and it's probably for you to keep in mind because you have a habit sometimes of letting yourself go a little bit around the holidays, enjoying a little bit too much I of the do. eggnog, mm-hmm. of course, um, uh, only working out for four hours a day. Uh, so uh, what I've got here is a list from uh, the uh, 
American Diabetes Prevention Council on Prevention of Diabetes. And it is pointing out that some of the most harmful um, uh, treats, if you will, that people can get are uh, the coffee drinks they get in the morning. You know, the coffee drinks? Mm -hmm. I do. Yep. And so these are the list of the some of the worst coffee drinks you can get for the holidays. And they, they're advising us to stay away from them. So, for example, McDonald's Peppermint Mocha Latte, which is a Christmas favorite, uh, 430 calories, 14 grams of fat, 50, 58, 58 grams of sugar. Right, Good. so that's fifty-eight grams of sugar. That's a McDonald's peppermint mocha latte. So you want to stay. Then people stay away from this stuff, okay? Um, Pret a manger, which I think is another little cafe. The caramel apple crisp coffee, five hundred ten calories, seven grams of fat. Better, right? Better, not fourteen, yep, but better. <laughs> seventy-nine grams of sugar in that. Starbucks, Starbucks peppermint white chocolate mocha frappuccino. Okay, five hundred fifty calories. This is something. 19 grams of fat, 88 grams of sugar in this frappuccino. 19 grams of fat and 88 grams. I mean, dude, think about the number of truly enjoyable things you could experience, <laughs> like a proper cocktail mm -hmm. that would have one one hundredth of the damaging components that <laughs> I mean, you, you how many grams of fat is? That? I mean, we need, you know what, Jared, while we're talking about this. Find other things that are just devastating for your body, but have less fat and less sugar. I bet it'll, I bet it'll just be an astounding list. Next, we've got Pete's, P-E-E-T, Pete's Peppermint Mocha, okay, uh -huh. 620 calories. And these are, again, special holiday drinks, okay? You should probably not have these every day, every day probably not have them once. No. Um, so the Pete's Peppermint Mocha, 620 calories, 25 grams of fat, and 75 grams of sugar. That's <laughs> Just I don't even know how you could fit that in one of these. What's the fat coming from? Are they just pouring fat? Are they putting Crisco in it? I believe these are all topped with whipped cream. So I think that oh, has maybe that's it. it. Okay, yeah. Krispy Kreme frozen pumpkin spice latte. Okay, oh yes. this is this is this is something. Uh, Six hundred eighty calories, <laughs> twenty two grams of fat, and a hundred and one grams of sugar. Okay, hundred and one. At 2,000 calories is supposed to be, I mean, according to the government, who knows if they're right or wrong, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, dietitian, but I, I know that 2,000 calories is the total number of calories you're supposed to consume in a day. So you're well over 25% of your daily caloric intake if you have any of these drinks. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. But listen, not to be outdone, the good folks at Dunkin' Donuts mm -hmm. created something called the Dunkin' Peppermint mocha swirl frozen coffee. Okay. Duncan <laughs> peppermint <laughs> mocha frozen swirl. And this is, this is the um, 800 pound gorilla of these things. Okay. Okay. So this thing, the Duncan peppermint mocha swirl, 1170 calories, 1170 calories of his drink, 40 grams of fat and 182 grams of sugar. Like, think about that for a second. I don't know if this thing comes in a 55-gallon drum or, or how you consume it. But it's a, just, it's a large drink. It's a large, I mean, it's, a, it's like a large fit? coffee. Like each one of those things, you know, nature sort of being what it is, has both volume and mass. So how do you fit 180-something grams of sugar? And how many grams of fat did you say? Uh, grams of fat for the Duncan is 40. 
40 grams of fat, 182 grams of sugar. That poor bastard making the drink must have to step on it to get it to fit in the cup. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, listen, that's, um, that, that I'm I'm not. And then you wonder why, you know, America has the, you know, dietary problems that it has. You drink one of those drinks. You're halfway home for the day. You're supposed to have 2000 calories in a day. That thing has 1100. And listen, we're recommending, we're recommending if you, if you want to, if you want to go out there and you want to do it, you want to do it right. So this program is recommending you get the Dunkin' Peppermint Mocha Swirl frozen coffee and uh, you start your day right. I mean, that, that's 1200 calories, my friend. But you if are, you're gonna uh, be a, we say it all the time. If you're yeah. going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Go yes. get it. Absolutely. Uh, next, Brad, uh, as the uh, midterm election results come in, uh, there are some interesting studies that are sort of digesting all this information. And one interesting uh, study came from the folks at Just Facts, which is a nonprofit research institute. And they have taken a look at the increases in killings across the United States over the past couple of years. They've noticed that during the midterm elections, we basically returned all the uh, people to power as mayors of uh, big cities and as the governors of big states. And so their in-depth study has has determined that eventually within, I think, 20, 25 years, one out of one out of every 179 Americans will eventually be murdered if the crime rate continues to uh, to increase like it has the last couple of years. So one out of every 179 Americans, Brad, will be the uh, victim of a homicide. Yeah, I mean, basically, our murder rate is going to go up to, you know, a little over 0.5 percent of the country can just expect to be killed. Like as you walk down the street, just like, well, maybe it's my turn today. I mean, you, you, you and I are going to have to be like <laughs> Snake Plissken in Escape from New York. I mean, that that is what it's going to come down to. And but I, you know, I'm sure you were you were planning on wandering into this this thicket at some point in time today. But what does it tell you? And again, you and I are on record. We try we try to be centrist. We try to look at things from both sides. We try to, you know, spin things, you know, a little positively when we can find them. I mean, you know, America's managed to invent a drink that's 1,200 calories, good for us, right? But what does it tell you about what people think of the Republican Party and the candidates the Republican Party put forth in this midterm election when they can look out their window and say, I've got an astronomically high chance of being killed if I just leave my house, maybe even if I stay in it. Right. I've got this astronomically high chance of being a homicide victim. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to vote for the people that got us here because I just can't vote for that person over there. I mean, that what does that say? <laughs> it's a good chance you're going to get pushed in front of a bus. Yeah, you're going to get shoved in front of a moving vehicle for the crime of walking down your main street. And people went into voting booths and said, I will take that. Mm-hmm. I will take 0.5% of the country being murder victims before I vote for that guy over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're in the Republican Party, especially if you are in the leadership of that, you should probably just, you know, come out in front of the American people, apologize profusely, and then ship yourself off to Siberia. I mean, you have screwed it up. Well, let's just let's just get right into that then. I mean, it, right now it 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 looks like, and last week, of course, we were. You know, we were in the field. At least I was. You were in the yeah, you were. studio you were in the bush, in the yeah. bush. And we, we were trying to figure this whole thing out. And uh, it now looks like the Democrats are going to have 51 Senate seats. Right. Um, they gained. And, think about that. They gained. Yeah. I, I think yeah. if that that's if they win Georgia, I think they get 51. Yeah. 
which isn't a runoff <laughs> where Herschel Walker is running strong. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, but they've they picked up all every, pretty much every every challenger. You know, there were a lot of these states where like Arizona, Nevada. I mean, Nevada, the Republican governor candidate won going away. And if they had nominated someone normal for the Senate, you know, it was not some person that was, you know, pledging their bending the knee, mm-hmm. so to speak, then, you know, they probably would have won the same in Arizona. I mean, they have this crazy person running for governor who, you know, is lost, of course, of course, lost. And um, it was really good when she would yell at the press and stuff like that, but, but lost and immediately said it was a stolen election, like without any yeah, stolen, yeah. it's got obviously stolen because I lost. Uh, right. And then the person they nominated for, they, I mean, they had a popular Republican governor, he would have won the Senate race probably going away, but he couldn't get nominated because he didn't buy into the whole, you know, the whole 2020 election Stolen election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he couldn't. And, and it's just, it's just crazy. And so the Senate is, and this was a, this is a year they should have taken the Senate. Right. So mm-hmm. if something happens with the Supreme court justice or if something happens with a, uh, some other nominee that's controversial, they're going to go, the, the replacement's going to go right through because the, the Republicans kind of screwed that screwed that up and they're going to keep doing that as long as they uh let uh personality sort of dictate instead of policies and then over on the house side it is hysterical they're still one seat away from taking the house and there are like 10 races to be called and about seven of those are going to go to the democrats so they'll probably get the house but i think they're going to be they're going to be in the majority by like three votes Right. Which is crazy. just crazy. I mean, the, if you think about it, Nancy Pelosi had like a five or six vote majority the last time around. Mm-hmm. So this time it's going to be like two or three votes. And you have to consider this with the Republicans. Some of those people are insane. Right. Like that oh, yeah. Bobert woman. Uh, for from sure. the, I think yeah. she's your for rep out sure. in Col- Colorado. Right. She is woman. in Colorado. She happens to not be mine, but she is a Colorado rep. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's 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 a piece of work. And then the yeah. woman enjoy and like none of them have any interest in it. They're already saying they're not going to vote for McCarthy for majority leader unless he does the Hunter Biden thing. And then they can start impeachment. Right away. Yeah, it's, just crazy, just, man. it's just it's just but it's going to be a certain it just just imagine how difficult it is to have like 219 um, or 220 seats and have a two vote majority just to get anything done in the House is going to be a, a nightmare. Uh, it's not. I mean, just like you said, but it's not. Nothing's going to happen in the house. I mean, these whack jobs that are on the extreme right are who I, I get. Whether they ever understood it, I don't know. But they certainly don't now. They don't realize that they are legislators. Like their job is to make law such that the basic principles upon which this great country was founded can be moved forward into increasingly modern times. Right. I mean, that is the objective of the founding fathers was to establish a platform from what you could move into the continuing modernity that finds all of us and do it with enough flexibility to be able to cope with things the founding fathers never could have imagined, but enough stability to sort of understand how things were going to work going forward, right? That was the genius of what our founding fathers came up with. And these people have no interest in doing any of that. And Biden is going to run again now because why wouldn't he? Of course. I mean, he had the most successful first year midterm of any president in history. And he, he he's, his approval rating is like 40 percent. But why wouldn't he? Sure. I mean, yeah, of course. Well, he I mean, I, I guess if he's if he's actually dead, I mean, he's effectively dead at this point. But if he's actually dead, it might be hard for him to run. But who knows? Well, then just have Kamala won. Run, let her run. I mean, she's fine. I mean, yeah. she, you well, think apparently. she wouldn't win? Yeah, they no, elected apparently. Fetterman. They elected Fetterman. 
Yeah. And God bless the guy. I mean, I, I always feel bad bringing him up because I mean, the, the man suffered a stroke. I'd, I'd never heard his name before he was running for Senate. And it was this big contested deal in Pennsylvania. And such and such. So I, I, I have no, I, I know nothing about him. I don't know what he was like as Lieutenant governor. I understand he was very left-leaning. That's fine. You get to do that in this country. The man had a stroke. That's terrible, right? I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. He's got a wife, he's got kids. He's debilitated at this point. No one is disputing that. And the good people of Pennsylvania, not all of whom are crazy. Mm-hmm. The good people of Pennsylvania said, we'll take the debilitated guy <laughs> over this ass clown over here that the Republican Party is putting forward. Right? That's what we will do. We will send a guy into a job where his sole responsibility is to communicate, knowing he cannot do that because I'm not voting for this dude over here. Now, again, if, if you are a staunch Republican, I mean, you, you literally have to be beating your head against a wall. I mean, this is the classic, this is like you running into the end zone and you're that jackass who, you know, with one yard to go, starts dancing around and fumbles the ball on the one, right? I mean, that's exactly what happened to the Republican party. And the only hope to pull the nose up for the entire country, right? I mean, I don't care, even if you're just staunchly leftist, the country is not doing well, okay? By any metric, economic or otherwise, the country is not doing well. We all want change. And so you have to hope that the Republican party will just see this as a, a, you know, a wake up call, like whatever it is we're doing, we got to stop doing it. Whoever it is that is leading this thing has to be fired. And my hope is that the democratic party will do the same thing, but of course they won't because they will view this as a mandate, right? They will say, well, we're so amazing that people voted for us. No, what happened was the Republicans were so bad that you were the only alternative, right? So don't rest on your laurels here either, or you will eventually get kicked in the teeth. I, I would love for, you know, we're stuck with two parties. It is the way it is. That's the way we do business here politically. They both need to do better. Yep. Next, Brad, we go with an update. I mean, we have had all of these cheating scandals, right? Over the past uh, past few so many months, we had the uh, anal beads fiasco mm-hmm. in the chat with the chess grandmaster. Um, I believe anal beads were also attributed to some of the victories at the New York uh, Flushing Meadows, the big U.S. Open, I believe. Uh, we had the uh, the fishermen, obviously, who loaded up their fish with uh, lead balls so that they won the uh, <laughs> the perch fishing contest in Lake Erie, where, again, what's interesting about that is you don't even have to cast a line because they're all dead at the top of the lake. You just scoop them right out and fill them yeah, with the lead. Die the lead poisoning, yeah. That's throw, them, yeah throw them right on the... Uh, Right on the old, the old, uh, you know, the old scale. Um, but uh, now, Brad, we've got probably the biggest scandal of all: the uh, professional cornhole world. And of course, oh. I was watching this. The American Cornhole League um, conducted its world championship in August in, uh, of course, Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is the home of the American Cornhole Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm saying that I didn't know such a thing existed. Well, it, it, it may not, um, but um, uh, I guess the uh, the, the there, there is a, a problem that the team that won um, the the big uh, you know, world championship of cornhole, uh, the team of Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, um, they the world champions, right, of cornhole. Okay. And, and apparently, you know, I didn't know this, right? I guess it's common sense, but um, there are regulations around the size of the bags. So 
<laughs> the American Cornhole League is in the middle of what they call bag gate because the Richards oh. Lopez team apparently were using bags that were smaller. <laughs> that was, that was smaller they had one than them. They were smaller than regulation. They were going right through the hole. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> And so they, but, but they won, but then afterwards there was a protest. Like, you know, what they called Gene Steratore in the NFL. Yeah. 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 He's like, well, those, those bags look a little bit small. They're going through all every time. So anyway, the opposing team um, asked that the officials inspect the bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even ESPN cornhole commentator, Mark Pryor remarked, the bags I'm quoting here, they're too small. That's going to create some drama. Um, in, in response, of course, Lopez and Richards immediately requested that their opponent's bags be inspected. Um, and their everybody's bags, just inspecting everybody's bags at this point. All their the bags, bags are on the table. Listen to this. The opponent's bags were also too small. It's perfect. Oh, Lord. So um, I guess the bags have to be six by six. And mm-hmm. weigh 16 ounces. Um, um, and then look, this is for big money. There's a $15,000 cash prize that the players would split. And, uh, you know, these guys are, they, they're out there with like all sorts of swag. They, they're represented by, uh, they're, they're representing like Bush's baked beans. Um, this guy's got a, a Johnsonville sausage sign on his chest. Um, so, you know, apparently this is a big, issue um and so uh the good news is that the uh after a one-hour delay the officials determined that the violations were not intentional and they said we'll continue the uh competition with the non-compliant bags uh and then uh the the team with the small bags won although they were all small so i'm not sure which team that was Mm -hmm. um but uh again this is an example of i think it all's well that ends well i guess I guess so, buddy. But I, I mean, the thing I got, so if you are a football or baseball or even basketball official, I mean, there's a lot going on there, right? I mean, you've got to measure the size of the court length width, the lines have to be in the right place. You know, all of these things that you kind of have to be paying attention to, to ensure that the game is going to be played according to the regulations. If you're a cornhole official, what do you got? Like two things you got to look at, like are the cornhole boards in the right place? And let me take a look at those bags, right? I mean, what the hell were these guys doing before the competition started? Uh, you would think that they'd check the bags at the beginning. Indeed. I mean, what are these guys? And then, and then they get together for an hour with a bean bag. But now neither you nor I make any claims to being a super genius. But mm-hmm. I don't think it would take either of us an hour to measure a bean bag and say, well, is this six by six? Does it weigh 16 ounces? I don't know. And then how do you figure out it wasn't intentional? Are you well, making they, they the presumption? Checked, yeah, they that, checked intent. <laughs> I was just going to say, you making the presumption the guys didn't know the rules? The guys that made it to the finals of, you know, the beanbag of Palooza, they don't know that their bags are, I, you know what, buddy? It's just, it's all falling apart around us. You can't even trust the size of a man's bag anymore. No, I mean, and, just- and, and, and I understand uh, from the uh, review, and I'm quoting here from, um, yeah, lighter and thinner bags can be advantageous and players have been boiling their bags or washing them with vinegar Whoa. to make them more pliable. So that's something that's... Uh, um, I'm not boiling my bag. I, you, I, I, I mean, the vinegar thing is neither here nor there, but I'm certainly not boiling my bag. I don't care how pliable it gets. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, I, would, I probably wouldn't do that either. Okay, let's move on. Uh, next, Brad, the uh, big announcement, Donald Trump, uh, of course, is uh, uh, looks like he's going to be running for president. He uh, came out and he the, just this week, he, 
<laughs> he um, <laughs> he's been doing a lot of this. Sorry, he, I guess I guess he's um, doing a lot of his tweeting, but he doesn't do it on the Twitter anymore. He does it on Truth Social. Mm. So just this week alone, he attacked the African-American female lieutenant governor of Virginia after she said she probably couldn't support him for the presidency. Mm. He attacked the governor of uh, Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis, who won a 20 point uh, victory in the uh, in the latest gubernatorial election in Florida. He attacked the um, the governor of Virginia, uh, Glenn Youngkin, and said that Youngkin sounds Chinese, um, I, I guess. And, and I'm not even sure what that means. Um, and, uh, and and so now he is getting ready to uh, um, <laughs> he's getting ready to <laughs> he's getting ready to announce his uh, candidacy for president. And the way he's knocked it off uh, this week or launched his uh, candidacy this week is he's also um, shared an image by a user on his social network called God Bless Trump who um, uh, the user had this this image of demon gods running the world. And one shot side of the thing was like all these demons. And then the other side of the picture showed Trump's face uh, above the text. We love you, President Trump. Uh, a lot of people said that was offensive and uh, made it look like demons were running the world. Um, so he, he is um, he, he is sort of unfettered at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's well, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, unfettered from reality, you know, unfettered from responsibility. I mean, unfettered is exactly right. I mean, here's the guy who said, hey, if I supported a candidate and they won, that's 100% me. If I supported a candidate and they lost, it's 100% not me. It's somebody else's fault. I mean, he is just living in a fantasy world that is unfortunately being supported by, you know, people that are making images of him as opposed to demons. And, and clearly, look, the world is not being run by demons, right? Because everything that I know about demons, which isn't a lot, I don't know that there's a, a lot out there on them, is, is they're not idiots, right? And the, and the world is clearly being run by idiots, right? Yeah. And so that's our problem, is that the world's being run almost universally by idiots, no matter which side of whatever aisle they may be on. Uh, but, you know, Trump is the ultimate egomaniac, right? I mean, so he has this capacity that egomaniacs have that I'm actually kind of covetous of where they can only look at the good things said about them and <laughs> nod their heads and say, yes, that, that, that's me. I'm a hundred percent that. And then anything negative, any critique of them, they just completely ignore. Right? Like I lack that capacity. It must be wonderful to live that way. Like if someone is critiquing me, I've made a mistake. They're like, look, dude, you screwed this up. I, I feel that. Right. I'm like, man, you're right. I think I, I did screw that up. I got to do better. That's on me. It, it's kind of sucks to be in that position, but it's true, right? He, he doesn't have to suffer through any of that. He's just, he looks at, you know, gilded pictures of himself and says, yes, that, that's me. And anything that paints me in anything less of a picture is, you know, just in error. And it must be an amazing way to live. And I'm sure, buddy, that he's going to announce his well, yeah. candidacy for president. I'm sure. Well, Brady has announced it. He has. Oh, he has. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't. Oh, I didn't even realize he had yet. Well, good for him. Well, he hasn't yet, but by the time this airs, he oh. will have. Okay. Well, there you okay. go. So now we've ruined that. So that, yeah. But well, listen. So the other thing, the other thing he tweeted out today on the on the it's not tweets, right? They're not tweets. Yeah. Um, is this um, is this uh, another user? Um, who uh, on on the Truth Social, who has sort of this this crazy conspiracy uh, uh, theory about why Trump's running uh, for president, despite the fact that he quote has it all. 
the post said perhaps he could not stomach the thought of mass murderers uh mass murders occurring to satisfy the god moloch uh referring to the ancient to i'm sorry an ancient god of child sacrifice mm-hmm. quote perhaps he could not stomach the thought of children being kidnapped across the world drugged and raped while leaders in law enforcement turn to uh, turn a blind uh, turn a blind eye because of george soros um and it goes on and on so it's um it, it seems like he's, uh, yeah, it seems like he is, he is out there. And uh, I, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll see yeah, what happens. Well, I mean, it is hard to turn a blind eye to child sacrifice, especially to an ancient Ammonite God that no one believes in. Um, raise your hand if you're an Ammonite. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, honey, I mean, these, these are our, our co-citizens. Like these, these people are living amongst us who are literally placing Trump on a pedestal saying he's the only one standing between us and sacrificing our children to an ancient God. And they apparently believe that. And, you know, that is the problem. Like I, I, and I don't have a good solution as to how to like pull all that back and be like, Hey, wait a minute. Let's, why don't we just listen to what candidates say about, for instance, economic policy or realistic energy policies or, how to manage the fact that the Ukraine and Russia are slugging it out while China's eyeball in Taiwan. I mean, I, I, why, why can't we do that? Yeah. It's uh, who knows, who knows, but listen, listen, he's running and uh, there's that. And then also this week, of course, Mike Pence came out with his uh, first interviews since uh, um, he left public life. <laughs> since, since he came out of the vault that he <laughs> locked himself into after Trump tried to have him killed. <laughs> Yeah, that's like he um, he describes in his memoir those last few days at the uh, at the White House with Trump trying to I guess they had a bunch of different theories where the uh, plan was going to be for Pence to overturn or veto some of the electors and then send it back to the states until they kept to those like, like, for example, Pennsylvania. Right. They voted for Biden. So they sent the electors to Congress you know, for Biden. Mm-hmm. And the, the theory was Pence could reject those. And then ask Pennsylvania for a new slate that would support Trump. Yeah, of course. And then, of course, you would have to do that in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and maybe Nevada. Too. I mean, not exactly. I think probably all of those. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the third. Pence was like, well, wait, I can't I can't do that. I don't have the authority to do that. And uh, yeah. he, he asked Trump's legal um advisors about that who were pushing it and their response was i guess we'll have to see yeah yeah give it a whirl what could possibly go wrong come on mike yeah and then the president got up there gave that speech and told everyone that he sure hopes that pence is going to do the right thing and then they stormed the capitol and were looking for him Um, he and his family had to hide in a uh, loading dock in the capitol for a few hours until the uh whole thing was uh cleared out i mean he was even tweeting right that day saying mike pence doesn't have the courage to do what he should to protect our country and our constitution um as people were like looking for him in the capitol so you know i, I bet i i don't think that relationship is going to be uh healed anytime soon no that's probably not you know looking at a couple of guys that are going to be thrown around the old undersized cornhole bags together yeah so well, that, that ain't happening that's a shame brad just to signpost for next week Next week uh, on Barter Band, we'll be we'll be delving into the uh, the jump rope industry, and uh, apparently a Japanese gentleman got a yes got a got a jump rope stuck in his bladder after shoving it into his penis, and so next week we're going to explore that. Yeah, I mean, it's something. I don't. This want, is I, a, I can't. I can't explore that. I don't want to go anywhere near. I don't have the gear. 
it, it is a that. it is a it is a study out of the urology case reports where this unidentified uh, Japanese gentleman inserted a jump rope through his urethra. Um, it was handleless. It became tangled and stuck in the man's bladder. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. So this, I mean, we could talk about this next week. We can, oh, they, they've actually got. We've seen there are images of this jump rope. Oh no, no. I would, <laughs> probably bar this. But I mean, just think about the. Just think about the. Um, I mean, this thing was a. It was a ninety-inch jump rope covered in blood. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm going to bar. Why don't we just skip that next week and we'll just say we're going to. Uh, yeah, we we bar that. We bar it. We ban it. We prohibit it. It is forbidden. For, of course, we Professor Toshiki Kima, Kijimama said the trans. <laughs> <Can't> even... <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, no, we're not looking for this. The, the, no. the extraction was difficult considering the length of the rope and its entanglement in the blood. <laughs> No, oh, no, Lord. Well, listen, bar. listen. Yeah, bar. We're gonna have to bar that. And and I, I tell you, here's the question: uh, What would be more painful, the jump rope thing or the Trump announcement? Oh boy, see, I mean, you, just when you think ninety inches of jump rope in the bladder is is the top of the game, you go to compare that to a Trump announcement. I don't know. I'm yeah. gonna have to think about it. You have to give me a week, and I'm gonna have to think about it. Well, Brad, you've got your week. We'll be back next week on another episode of Pretty Much IP Premium Business. IP. Yeah. <laughs> this has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>